Hey everybody, Dave DeBoat here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in, we're actually filming this on Canada Day. So happy Canada Day, Tyler. Is Tyler Soulier from Windsor, Ontario, an award-winning real estate entrepreneur. So how are you doing today, Tyler? Very good. Sun is shining out here in Windsor, Ontario, and uh, can't complain, right? It's nice to finally get some good sunshine. We got the day off, as I was saying earlier when we were talking before we began this podcast. So that's uh, right. You, know. you got you fausted off your 11th month old baby to the in-laws, so you get a little bit of peace and quiet, and uh, yes. probably have a nice big nap after this. Uh, nap, or, or finally catching up on some. Yeah, I'm running numbers actually, as as I was about to almost be late to this to this call. All <laughs> right. So speaking of running numbers, why don't you tell us what is your main focus when it comes to real estate investing these days, Tyler? Nowadays, it's all about buy and holds, but I, I mean, I can get into where, where I started back in 2013. It was like everyone else, hey, I jumped on the fix and flip bandwagon to, to make a quick buck. While I was selling real estate, I figured that would be a good way to supplement my income is, hey, what's a nice big payday if I can flip a home and make 20, 30 grand, right? Yeah. But as I kept flipping a couple of properties here and there, I started looking at the bigger picture, right? You know, why always depend on a big payday when I could just slowly get out of selling real estate to then have passive income from rental properties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the process a lot of people go through, isn't it, Tyler? So yeah. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, fix and flipping is risky. Right. And it was kind of uh, the first one, of course, the first one I did very good on back in 2013, $48,000 duplex that I put 30 that, grand that, into that it, in, didn't it? Yeah, and made 30. And I said, well, I didn't really have to do much. I had a good contractor who did all the work and, and then that kind of just snowballed, but you know, the next one didn't do as well. And, and, and then doing renovations, it's very hard to budget, right? So you just, the margins were getting slimmer and slimmer. So I think by the third one, I was like, well, let's just, instead of trying to sell these and make five, 10 grand, I'll just, I'll just hold them up, right? Let them go up in value. And that's kind of where I started just buying these properties and filling them uh, and renting them out and slowly just building up the equity. Or sometimes I would refinance them. So the BRRR, method worked very well because here in Windsor. The Burr method, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, in Windsor, it was very hit hard with the recession back in 2008. So we had a lot of bank sales here, lots of properties that needed, you know, they could still buy on the cheap and that needed the updating, right? So that was kind of maybe a good time to really get in the real estate game for myself was there wasn't much competition. People were still very hesitant to pick these properties up, but uh, you know, I, I was a little more risky and uh, I was only 30 years old. So I was kind of thinking I still was selling real estate. So that was a good income, but you know, I, I was going, Hey, I should start buying some more and holding on to these. And, and I had, I could take a risk, right? Cause I did have that other income in yeah. the back my active well, income. So are you still a realtor or are you focused full time on being a real estate investor entrepreneur do you do both what what are you doing these days so for six years i was doing both yeah and about a year and a half i i just kind of hung up the realtor license and now just kind of you know sitting uh enjoying just buying properties here and there bought only just a few in the last couple of years uh-huh. but that's and, and just buy and holds multi-unit properties that i've just looked to just you know slowly just continue building up that passive income right nice so what does your portfolio look like now if you don't Mind sharing, Tyler? What, what, yeah, mainly what, just duplexes. Yeah, I've got about four or five duplexes. I always forget the number. I've got a six unit out, out in the county here in Windsor that I own. I've got a mixed use residential five unit 
in Windsor. So I think my portfolio is about seven, eight properties, maybe close to 20 doors, I think, right now. Cool. In that area, that's that's creating the cash flow that you need to not have to punch a clock. That's yes, awesome. yes. It, it's, it's kind of been uh, very nice just to kind of live off the cash flow. And I've been lucky enough to just this year sell off two big properties that, you know, I bought as the tenants paid down the, the mortgage for me and the properties have gone up in value, I was able to get a little profit out of those. And then all these properties that I've held, I just refinanced all five of them, five of those properties myself. So being almost like a long-term BRRR method where I've updated them in the past over the years. And now with the equity I've really built up over those years, I've, I just pulled it out. And now I'm That's just kind great. of Tax rate, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's a long process, right? So I've I've held those for six years and just watching the equity build up, and it was it was nice to kind of have a nice big Christmas present, almost you call it, right? Where you're finally able to access some of that equity you've worked so hard to get, right? You know, the, the headaches over the years of dealing with tenants, dealing with vacancies, dealing with non-paying tenants, right? I mean, it, it's it's a tough process, and the goal is you know, you don't want to keep putting money into these properties. You want the tenants when you're holding properties for rentals to, to pay down that mortgage for you. Right. And hopefully put a little on your pocket. So, you know, in the big grand scheme of things, it, it's easy, but it's, but it's not. Right. <laughs> right. So Tyler, yeah. So you went from working as a realtor, then you started flipping houses. Then you realize it's not, even though you got, you did really, really well on your first one, you realize it's not always, Sunshine and rainbows, like it looks like on the TV shows. On no, the, no, <laughs> HGTV. no, no. I, uh, it's definitely not. And it's only I, I find in this market in Windsor, and I hear from a lot of people too, it's just it's very hard to, to make any sort of good profit like you used to because there's so many people that are looking to fix and flip properties. And, and I mean, there's always multiple offers on any property that needs work in, in this area. So I mean, to find a property you can fix and flip, it's harder these days, right? A lot harder. And that just yeah. hurts conversions, right? So, and I'm not a handy guy. So I've always been the guy to outsource a lot of this work. So coming into this, that was something that I couldn't take advantage of, like put right. my time renovating these properties and, and, you know, I'm working. So it's, I, I'd rather stay at home and relax at night than go to a to property and do renovations all night, right? I agree with you 110%. Yeah, yeah. I, had to, I did I had a similar process, but I wasn't doing flips per se. I was doing rent-to-own deals. Okay. But I learned over time, it's basically the same thing. It's a it's a slow-motion flip without having to necessarily lift a hammer. Exactly. But same challenge, right? So you, you do all this work, you get this deal up and going, and sure, you make a, a few bucks with the cash flow, you make a little pop of cash at the end or whatever, maybe if everything works out right. But you lose all of that benefit as soon as as soon as you sell the sucker then you have to start all over again right so yeah. you just created another job for yourself so yeah. yeah exactly and that's that's very true right if you keep flipping properties it's not really a passive income right you're it's, it's always not active at all. not at all <laughs> and that's wrong, kind of right? some people yeah. are amazing at it and, and all the power to them but for long-term wealth generation to be able to do what you're doing right now it ain't gonna cut it so no it's not and, and i and i preach that to people and people that like to flip properties continuously. I mean, you're always doing the work to get that big paycheck. It's, it's almost like just- Which, which might not be all that big at the end of the day. Exactly, yeah. And I, and I think the last one I flipped was two summers ago. 
And I think I walked away with three grand in my pocket because uh, the week before I was about to sell it, a uh, pipe burst in the basement and I had to dig up the whole front yard and they went six grand and it was like, you know, and that was myself doing a lot of the labor. So I think I made five bucks an hour. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. Because I'm done flips. No more. I'm not even going to try to, you know, be aggressive. I went very aggressive on the resale price and, I, and I, my purchase price then went aggressive because I was in a bidding war. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to be, you know, stick to these long-term holds, buy them for potential um, value, I guess I would say. That's kind of where I went for the last, the last property I bought, a six unit out, out in Essex here. It was more or less, the rents weren't great, but I could see three to five years, easily I can increase those rents. And when you're looking at multi-unit properties, you know, cap rates are right. coming and then and the value of the property so if I can increase the income I can increase the value and that's kind of my strategy I actually called it the be higher method the buy hold improve refinance method and that's kind of what I've uh, I, I coined the I don't know maybe a year ago I just kind of that was the where I went with my strategy now because I I found you know renovating any properties it, you know it's expensive contractors trades labor materials are all getting more costly so the, I look for these kind of almost hidden gems that you would say that I don't need to do any work. They're turnkey when I buy them, but I know I can add some paint here over the years and then slowly hold them for a couple of years till I can tenants move out, new tenants move in. And I almost basically look for undervalued properties, right? So that strategy has been working good for me. And, you know, it's a little longer process than flipping or B-triple-R-ing, but I'm, I'm right now I'm at that side. a lot bigger too, though. I don't have to rush and, and try to make money now, right? So, right. right. So, B higher. So, remind me what the what the letters stand for again. Got a B buy, hold, improve. Right. You know, over the years, and then refinance or, or sell, right? So I call it the B higher. Yeah. yeah. Buy, hold, improve, increase rents. That's kind of what I now focus on. So this property I just bought, it's uh, tenants are still there, even during the pandemic. They've all paid. So I'm, I'm not making ton of cash flow, but mortgage is being paid down and eventually tenants will slowly move out, right? I mean, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, you're in a challenging market because yeah. you know, Ontario is very, very tenant friendly, yes, landlord friendly. So the amount you can increase your rent on existing tenants is minuscule. But once you get them out, once they leave, then the new yeah. person that comes in, you can put them in at market rent, correct? Yeah, and, and I've, I'm buying these for less headaches. So I'm not looking to go cash for keys. I've done that. I'm not illegally trying to kick them out by doing renovations. I mean, these are things you can do. These are things I've done in the past. Hopefully not the illegal stuff. No, not the illegal <laughs> stuff, but the cash for keys, right? But uh, it's like you said, it's very pro, pro tenant here. So I, I don't want to mess around with, hey, we're going to do renovations in this unit. And you know they illegally have the right to come back, right? So I, yeah. I don't want to mess around with that. I'm just kind of Slow and steady wins the race, and, it, and it's done that very well for me, right? So Yeah. So I, I hear you had a big honor a few years ago, and, and you were named the uh, Canadian Real Estate Wealth Magazine Investor of the Year. Tell us a little bit about that. That was, yeah. So that was uh, really my first year in the business. Like I said, it snowballed when I bought my first duplex. I just went kind of gangbusters and started buying more and more properties. So the first flip, you know, I ended up taking that profit and buying two more properties and back then when I was beginning it was like how do I build up a portfolio big enough to get to where I can 
step away and have that passive income. So that's kind of where in the beginning, I, I you know, I, I didn't have that buy long-term hold strategy I do now. It was like most people when you get started, hey, I got to make some money. So it was basically the buy triple R method. So that first year, I think I bought 15 properties. Wow. And uh, I think my wife said something came across her like, hey, you should, you know, you should apply for this, this award. I'm like, okay, I'll fill out the form. I filled the form and then they nominated me and I went to this, you know, the event in uh, Toronto and I thought I was going to win the newcomer of the year and I didn't win that. I was kind of bummed, right? I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm going to win investor of the year. And sure enough, you know, my name gets called and nice. just kind of like shocked, right? Because there's a lot of people that have been investing in real estate and, uh, and you're just kind of like, wow, like humbled, like, wow, there's so many good investors out there that have done so many things. And, you know, me being just starting really just learning the ropes as I went, made a lot of mistakes. I was like, man, do I even deserve this award? Like, I, I don't feel like I, I made so many mistakes in my first year investing in real estate, just, just kind of That's winging it. So, so to do 15 deals in, in a year, where did the, the capital come from for that? Were you working with investor partners, self-financing, recycling your, your money? How are, how are you capitalizing these deals? So, so I worked for about five years, just an eight to five, just kind of always saving money. And then when I, um, became a realtor, I, I ended up buying a home and I put a lot down and then someone, you know, taught me about home equity lines of credits. I had no idea what that was. So I went to the bank and I, what do you, what's your home worth? I said, I don't know, 300 grand or something. Okay. We can give you a HELOC for a hundred grand. I was like, okay, great. So I sat on that for like maybe all six months before that. And I used that capital to buy my first property. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, and that was just a cash property. I couldn't get financing on the $48,000 $48, duplex. So that's kind of really what, helped me you know i had some savings set aside and i was able to pull equity out of my my personal residence that i was told not to do by almost everybody and my financial advisors don't use your heloc you know what happens if you lose money and you can't pay it back right but i ran numbers right i I learned from a mentor how to look and analyze properties and i said this isn't rocket science i mean it's literally here's what you buy for here's what you put into it here's what you're going to sell it for when i was first looking i said this i could do this so the numbers worked, and that's how, kind of what helped me pull the trigger. I you know, yeah. trust the numbers. And that's really where I, I had my capital to to basically start buying these properties. But as you said, as you're buying more and more properties, yeah, I needed to pull equity out because I wanted to start holding some for rental. So that's where I started. Someone came to me and said, hey, why don't you refinance these? And I, and I didn't even know what that was in the, in the beginning either. I was like, what does that mean? Well, you refinance at a higher value. And then you can kind of get some pay off the existing mortgage when the difference is what you get back. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's almost like flipping. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of I would kind of like you said, basically recycle the funds that I had, pulling out equity or selling properties. And at one point, you know, I had like five properties that on the go. And I'm just like I said, I, when I won that award, I, I had so many mistakes. I was using credit cards to pay contractors. You know, I was just. I was very leveraged. Let's put it that way. It was a very, very stressful time that first year. So winning that award was really nice. Like it was like, wow, all this hard work, you know, it was nice to be honored for it, right? Because it was not easy. (laughs) So Tyler, time flies when we're having fun and people want to find out more about you and what you're up to. What should they do? Um, I mean, I have my website at tysoulinvestor.com that, you know, it's just kind of a standard website. I, I've worked with partners in the past. That was one thing I did. I did take some partners on when I'm in that first year to buy a, a mix, two mixed use properties. 
right? Because you need more capital for when you're buying more expensive properties. So that was one way I leveraged that. And I'm always looking for more partners as well to continue buying more properties. That's one good way to get, get, reach out to me. And I just like talking real estate. So really, I still get people just giving me a shout and, and I like to just, you know, help them get started. I had a guy call me last week, like, how do I, how do I get started? And, you know, just chat for half an hour and try best I can to help other people get to where I am, right? Because they see that and he's like, man, how do I get out of my, my everyday job? Like, how did you do it? So that's something I just like to really share with people. So that's one good way to reach out to me right there is that website and uh, they can find out more and contact me. Sounds like you, sounds like you might have a book in there. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. There, there is a draft book that I actually did start along uh, a couple of years ago. I never finished it. It's just a rough draft now. Maybe, maybe it's time to dust it off. Awesome, yeah. Tyler. Thank you very much. No, well, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.